Hey guys, welcome to the Sonic Collective. Uh, this is our review for April, and uh, this is Alan speaking. And joining me today, we've got all all four of us on the call once again, which is serendipitous. We've got Darren Scott and Scott Hello. Gregory and Scott Hello. Coates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this month, we are reviewing an album by Alice Cooper called Love It to Death. And it was my pick. And uh, Scott just asked me, off air why I chose this album and I had to think about that for a minute because I really don't have a good reason why um, I have always been curious about Alice Cooper I think everyone knows Alice Cooper as you know, sort of this over the top shock rock kind of um, I don't I don't really know what to call him um, or I guess the group as it was back in the day but you know, people are aware of the chicken and the the elaborate stage shows with the mock executions and stuff. And I just thought it might be interesting to see where they came from, where they started, explore their roots a little bit as a band. So I chose Love It to Death, which was, I think, their their third studio album, but the first one that really gained any mainstream traction. So um, I don't know. Darren, what did you think of it? Yeah, you know, it, it was interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't actually really listened to much Alice Cooper. I was never really into the kind of, I guess, prog rock or theatrical rock. So uh, I thought it was a good pick in that way. It forced me to listen to something I haven't listened to much. I mean, of course, I knew his hits, and he had some uh, more, I guess, almost poppy stuff in the 80s, pop rocky. Uh, but, you know, to go backwards to the beginning uh, was interesting. And actually, uh, Scott Coates is not our other member here, he had sent me the book, uh, they, uh, they Call Me Supermensch, which is the story of Shep Gordon, which is still the uh, Alice Cooper's manager, always has been. And uh, uh, quickly there, the story goes that he moved to California to get a job. Shep Gordon did as like a, I think uh, like he's working at a parole officer or something weird like that. He's and working at a prison as a prison. Oh, prison. Oh, yeah, it was a prison. Yeah, really? Right. Wow. And then it fell through immediately. And then he was just living in a hotel and, uh, he started selling drugs and then got somehow weirdly introduced to Alice Cooper and then just said, oh, maybe I can just produce you and try and make some money out of it. And that's literally how they kind of both started uh, together. But uh, anyway, um, you know, I thought I thought it was interesting. Uh, they, some of it was a little weird for me, but um, um, I really liked, uh, you know, 18, I'm 18, of course, is a great song. Um but then, you know, some of the, like the ballad of Dwight Fry gets a, it's a little weird. And I mean, that's when they start doing the theatrical thing, the black juju. That's a, you know, for those who don't know, a stage show, he's uh, uh, famous for really performing this act where he gets his head cut off. And it's to that song, Black Juju is the song that they, that they do that to. So, uh, you know, I thought that was really interesting. You know, I'll come back, buddy. I'll throw it over to how about Scott Coates? What do you think? Yeah, it was different. You know, he's one of those guys that you know, but I realized I didn't know. Like, I knew a couple of his hits, and that's it. And then mm-hmm. I remember hearing Poison. I think that was one of my first <laughs> exposures <laughs> to him when he kind of was, like, trying to have a comeback, and I hated that song. Yeah. So I never really listened to Alice Cooper. And then um, I think it was maybe reading that Superman Shep Gordon book that I realized or learned that Alice Cooper 
isn't actually the name of Alice Cooper. It's the name of the entire band mm-hmm. and never listened to it. So I think it was a cool pick in that it's always neat to listen to something that you thought you knew, but you, you don't know. And then being that this came from 1971 too, I mean, geez, to put it into context, I mean, you're just looking at the start of a decade that brought on some pretty hard rock from bands, you know, like uh, Black Sabbath and Zeppelin and that mm-hmm. pretty, pretty cool to hear the sounds. And even the cover, like you look at the cover man, and this is uh full on glam, right? Like these guys, like, I don't know, like they're kind of wearing cross-dressing type look. And, and I've read a bit about Cooper and you realize that a lot of it was completely a shtick. They were just trying to find somewhere to make it work. I know that he was kind of under contract with Frank Zappa for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so contextually, like what was going on at the time and, you know, them just literally as a band trying to figure out something. I don't think any of them were particularly great musicians from what I understand. They just sort of like like miraculously made it happen. And yeah, it's, it's surprisingly not a bad album. Like I'm 18. I mean, that's the one everybody knows. I liked how it started with caught in a dream. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on the ballad of Dwight Fry. got a, got a little out there at times, but um, yeah, I, I, it's mellower than I thought it would be like, yeah, there's rock in there, but it's not crazy hard. I guess now with, with the, you know, time looking back on it, what, like 40 some years later, you're kind of like, Oh, that's not as hard as it probably once was. But yeah, I think it was neat in the whole, like, if you're going to study, study music and study rock and roll, this is a pretty good one to throw in there. Yeah. And I mean, they were a Detroit band here too. So I just, I was reading that they, they were very influenced by the Detroit scene at the time, which was like MC five, which was this kind of out there rock band and awesome too. Iggy Pop was just starting and even uh, George Clinton and uh, was it Parliament Funkadelic was start. So they had taken all these artists and kind of mashed their sound together. And they always said that they were more of a Detroit band and they, I think they, they bombed pretty well in California when they first started. It was just too weird for that set over that scene. Hmm. I'll jump in, sorry, one more thing, and then I'll throw it over to Alan and and Scott Gregory. The Detroit sound, kind of related but off topic, is I just listened to WTF podcast over the weekend from a few months ago in early 2018 as an interview with Don Was, who uh, has Was Not Was, but is more Mm -hmm. a famous producer. And he talks in that interview all about the Detroit sound. He talks about all those bands, MC5, Iggy Pop, all them you just mentioned. So mm-hmm. for music fans, it's worth seeking out that episode and listening to kind of, he talks mm-hmm. a lot about the Detroit sound. And another thing, I keep saying this every time, 36 minutes, under 40 minutes. I really think there's magic to that length of like 32 to 40 minutes. How about we throw it over to uh, Mr. Gregory? Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. I really like the Detroit sound. I think it's got layers to it because Motown came out of there as well too and then you see this counterculture sound to it uh along the same time in 71 la woman by the doors came out led zeppelin's four came out so when we're talking about things like black juju sounding different in some ways it also sounds the same to some of the other stuff that Mm -hmm. i'm listening out there where you're like okay we've got a, a crazy organ breakdown with some weird stage stuff i'm sure happening when you uh see the recordings from back then, but I liked it. It was, I'm like Scott C. I was introduced to Alice Cooper in the, the Renaissance that he was enjoying with poison and all the, uh, the other leather jacketed songs that he put out. Mm -hmm. Uh, surprisingly enough, I enjoyed Sun Arise the most on this album. It's just, uh, yeah. I don't know what it is about that song, but it comes on and he's like, Sun Arise in the morning. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, Sun Arise in the morning. 
That was a cover, that one, too. Oh, yeah? I got to find the original then, because it's definitely going to become my wake-up ringtone on my phone's uh, (laughs) alarm. But I thought it was good. I thought it was rocking, and I thought it kind of had halfway between stadium rock and, and glam stuff. You could definitely see them still looking to bridge a couple different sounds. I don't think they really took it all the way into crazy town or, or, you know, they didn't become Boston or anything like that. They were kind of trapped somewhere in the middle with a good stage show. And mm. I think they'd be really great to, to watch live, especially back then. I, because he was so old when I first saw him, I don't know why I thought he was that age as well in the seventies. And so when I was listening to it the first time, I thought, is this like a Cindy Lauper thing where they're actually like 35, 40, trying to pretend that they're 17? But he was like 22, 23 when he recorded this thing. And you can still get that energy. And I thought it sounded fairly authentic still. So I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a month of listening to this. Yeah, good one, Scott, actually, that you didn't think he entirely found his sound, if I heard you correctly. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about it now, there is a bit of a bit of mishmash out there. Like they're kind of putting tentacles out in different directions to almost see kind of what, what's going to stick. Yeah. Like throwing spaghetti at the wall musically. Yeah. Yeah. A bit. That's a good point. That's good. I mean, that's when people push it and, you know, and uh, they're very influential considered for like rock, hard rock, metal and punk. And, uh, you know, I think I read that uh, the Ramones, Joey Ramone uh, wrote a song based on I'm 18 and uh, what's his uh, Leiden from uh, the Sex Pistols. When he auditioned for the Sex Pains Pistols, he sang one of the songs from this album. Like, so uh-huh. like they really influenced punk. And if you think uh, what the Ramones and the Sex Pistols did for punk, and they and they were like loving Alice Cooper and this particular album. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, Alan, I guess where did you, where did you land with it, man? Like, where did? You... Yeah, uh, I didn't really know what to expect when I picked it. You know, because just like you guys, I kind of knew Alice Cooper from the Renaissance. Uh, you know, uh, older, like he was older by that point. He had snakes around his neck and the leather jackets and the makeup and everything. So, uh, if, if I listened to this without knowing like who the artist was, I would have never in a million years guessed it was Alice Cooper. Yeah. You know, it, it definitely had that Detroit sound. I will, I will echo that. Um, I, for an album that came out, in 1971, I, some songs kind of show that age, but other songs I think were a lot more progressive than that. Maybe progressive isn't the right word. Um, yeah, I don't know. Some of the songs just sounded like they might have come from a different era. It seemed like it was a later album than 1971. Um, yeah. There were, man, Black Juju, such a weird song. I think that's one of those songs you kind of, it would be great to see live, you know, on account of the whole theatrics behind it. But uh, I just kept getting bored of that song. It just gets weird in the middle. Um, but I really liked Caught in a Dream. I'm 18. I actually really enjoyed the ballad of Dwight Fry, too. Yeah, me too. I didn't mm. that one, really. Just it gets yeah. a little long and drawn out, but uh, it has some good moments. Well, sure. Black Juju is 25% of the album. Yeah, this is true. And, like, and <laughs> yeah. a full 50% of that song is just like them noodling, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those songs where it actually does show its age quite a bit, I think. Like, it, it sounds old. Um, but, yeah, overall, I mean, 
considering I didn't really know what to expect listening to it, I was, uh, I was surprised, but pleasantly, you know, it, it was, it was good. I figured it would be a little more of a hard rock kind of thing. So I didn't expect it to be quite so froggy, but, um, yeah, good album overall. Yeah, cool. it's a surprise. I think that's one of the things I love about this, uh, you know, little, I don't I hate to call it a music club or association or whatever, is that, yeah, just pulling out an album like this, like everyone knows the name Alice Cooper, but none of the four of us, I don't think, have really listened to an entire one of his albums. And I mean, yeah. how can you say you know rock if you haven't listened to an early Alice Cooper album, right? So yeah. we've nailed it. So well done. Thanks for picking this one, Alan. Mm. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting. Mm. Um, let's go with ratings. Darren. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I think if you're into prog rock or some edgier stuff, um, I, I think you'd like it more than I'll probably do it. But uh, I came in overall at 3.5 for me. Like, I don't think it's i I'll listen to it again. There's a few songs um, that, you know, I'm glad I did. Uh, but, you know, Influence was only like a three for me. I, that sound, like I appreciate, I think, the punk after. But uh, And to recommend I came in at 3.5 as well, just because, like, I think if you're even thinking of going back and seeing where all this music came from, I think Alice Cooper is definitely up there. And he has mentioned it, that same line. It's like Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, Alice Cooper, like in those same breaths. So I'm like, wow, that's some good company. So he's obviously uh, influenced quite a bit, bit. So that's where I came in. Yeah, I'll jump in. This is Scott Coates. Um, I'm going to be just sounding like I'm copying you, Darren. But yeah, I'll just kind of give it three and a half across the board. Maybe a three on influence my taste because I don't think this is going to inspire me to go search out more Alice Cooper necessarily. And I think I know 70s music reasonably well. But um, yeah, I think it's it's a solid album. It's worth a couple of listens. I would recommend it to somebody that's you know wanting to understand the progression of music a bit better, right? And if you're going to pick one, I mean, this is the only... Alice Cooper album I've listened to, but it seems like a pretty darn good one. Third album in, um, they're still young, beginning of the 70s. Yeah, so I, I think it's solid. It was is a good pick, and yeah, I'll give it three fives. Uh, Mr. Gregory? I'll uh, give it a three as far as uh, the overall composition and lyrics. Uh, I really do love Sun Arise, but that's the same way that I love the song Peaches. So I don't know what that says about me. (laughs) (laughs) It hits that same funny bone. Uh, But like I said, Black Juju is a quarter of the album. I'm 18 and Caught in a Dream aren't bad. I'd say you got to listen to it at least once or twice just to, to understand what's going on back in the 70s. And I can't believe I hadn't. So even though I'm giving the album a three influence tastes, I'm giving it a four because it did cause me to go back and review just what I did know of the 70s. I've listened to so much Zeppelin, so much Doors, Bee Gees before they went disco, like all over the place in the 70s. And I skipped this and I feel kind of ashamed that uh, this hole was there for so long. So I'm going back, I'm checking the back catalog of artists that I assumed in the 80s sounded exactly the same in the 70s. And I'm going to address that wrong. Redress that wrong, I guess, is proper. Or keep filling holes, it sounds like. Exactly. <laughs> Fill them holes because the sun's arising. <laughs> uh, nice. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to give it three and a half for everything except uh, influence my taste. I don't know how to rank this because, I mean, 
Alice Cooper didn't directly influence my taste, but it they directly influenced mm-hmm. people who influenced my taste. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, as Darren touched on that song, I'm 18, influenced so many uh, artists who are in turn influential. So, you know, I'm kind of leaning towards a four on that one. You're having an inception moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I am. Oh, yeah, that's fine. It, it kind of just speaks to strangely like the importance of this album even though none of us really knew about it so i don't know i i guess there's something to that yeah mm. it's mm. awesome yeah. cool. well i guess that's uh, that's it for us for today i think scott gregory you're you're picking next i am picking next i i need to take three seconds here not to tell you what it is but to show in Spotify, I'm looking, and while Alan has Alice Cooper up, Darren has Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. Uh, <laughs> so I, th- I, I thought you all need to know that. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm there for it. Way to expose my dirty secrets. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. Wow. No. I'm looking forward to the next pick then, whatever it is. It will not be Taylor, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. It will not be Taylor hey. Swift. Hey, my whole family's on this. It, it will be Kanye <laughs> West before it is no, Taylor Swift. I'm not listening to can I go on record as saying I really like the new Taylor Swift album? Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I really do. You can you can pick it in five years. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it five years, four and a half actually. Whoa, there you go. Haven't heard it, but uh, maybe. I know I know that I can't make recommendations that are younger than five years, Scott. But I that do recommend true. you give it at least one listen through. Is this called right. 1989? Uh, yeah, I think is that um, the new one? I don't know, Darren. No, no, that's not. No, I, I know that's not. I don't know what the new one's called. But. Yeah, that was me trying to trap him. 89 celebrates the entire catalog, but uh, the newest one is good. Right. Give it a, give it a okay, I'll, I'll give it a. I'll give it a dance. Reputation. Right. I just looked okay. it up. Reputation. Awesome. Well, why don't you take us out of this thing, Alan? All right. Well, uh, I guess thanks for tuning in to the Sonic Collective. Stay tuned for Scott Gregory's pick, which is coming up next. Who knows what that will be? I guess you'll have to find out. You can follow us on uh, Facebook and Twitter and all of the the sweet social media. Um, Yeah, thanks. (laughs) There shall be no encore. Okay. Goodbye. Thanks, dude.